0: Podcasting from my sex-writing cave, where all the smut happens in real life in my head or on paper, this is the Lancer Podcast, a weekly show where we discuss writing and creating content about sex and getting paid to do it. I'm your host and fellow Lancer, Kayla Lords. Welcome to episode 48. This week, let's talk about how self-care actually helps us get stuff done and be more productive. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. The Smutlancer Podcast is produced every Wednesday and show notes are found at thesmutlancer.com. Follow me there or on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at thesmutlancer. This week's episode is brought to you by QuickBooks Self-Employed. Is 2019 the year you want to grow your income and track it? I use QuickBooks Self-Employed to figure out how much I've made for the year, to project how much I will make, to keep track of my expenses, and to pay my quarterly taxes. Even if you don't need to do all of that yet, it's great for tracking your income, no matter how big or small. You could save 50% off the cost for a full year by using my special link, bit.ly slash Smutlancer. That means you can get access to QuickBooks Self-Employed for as low as $5 a month. It's a website and an app, so you can use it from any device. Uh, Just go to bit.ly slash Smutlancer, B-I-T dot L-Y slash Smutlancer, or use the link in the show notes and make 2019 the year you watch your Smutlancer income grow. OK, so I kind of feel like the premise for today's topic is going to be really obvious to most people because many of us talk about um, self-care, whether we're talking on Twitter or we're talking on our, about it on our blog. We're not always very good at it, but we do acknowledge that self-care is a thing and it's important. And self-care is the literal definition is taking care of yourself. And it comes in many forms. So for some people, that's being a little indulgent and maybe staying in bed or eating chocolate or doing things they don't normally, quote, allow themselves to do. And for some people, it's doing things that make them feel super, super healthy. Um, That has been a lot of my self-care lately, uh, because my health has just been a thing that I feel like I've been dealing with for two and a half years, Um, in different ways, I mean. Um, So self-care means something different to everybody. Um, And what I have sort of observed is that many of us who are pretty goal-oriented people, have big dreams, have big plans, like to stay busy, we tend to be the people who need self-care the most and will be the first people to talk ourselves out of it. Um, Usually because we'll say, I don't need to do that thing that feels good or helps me or I really enjoy because I actually have all of this work over here to do. Um, And then some people believe in the idea of self care and taking care of themselves because they know how good it is for their maybe their mental health, their physical health. But there's a lot of guilt associated with doing that. Because when you're curled up in the blanket, like a burrito on the couch, and you're not working on your blog, doesn't that make you like a lazy slug? By the way, no, it does not. Um, I think it's a balance. I think that Sometimes I will go without a little bit of sleep to get an important thing done, but I can't make that the habit. If I make that the habit, then I sort of run the batteries down too much and therefore I'm no longer productive. So for me, I've kind of had to fuck myself a little bit um, into finding reasons that self-care is important that... Even when I'm tempted to go, you know what, I can skip this thing today, there's a big enough reason in my head that I won't skip it. And for me, (laughs) that's about my productivity. It's about how much can I get done? uh, How much money can I make? How many things can I say yes to? um, How many more blog posts can I write? Like whatever it is that is making me feel productive in a given moment, I'm using my need to be productive, my desire to be productive, and the fact that I have witnessed proper self-care for me making me productive, combining those two things and um, messing with my own head in order to make sure I do what I need to do for my health. Now, I've talked about it in past episodes about how I've had some health issues and I've, it's affected my work and I've had to make changes and I've had to focus on this and that. And those are all good things and, and they're very important. Um I can't have can't function when I'm in pain. None of us can. I can't function when my head sort of goes on the fritz and my mind has taken over and all the anxious feelings come out or I have really, really rapid swings from one mood to the next. Like I'm just not even functioning very well. But it's very easy when you start feeling good again to believe you will always feel good again even though you know that the things you're doing to take care of yourself, maybe exercising, maybe writing in a journal, maybe going to therapy, maybe whatever it is, those things are helping you feel good. It is very, very easy to think you don't need those things anymore that you have somehow cured yourself in air quotes, cured yourself of whatever ends up happening when you're not taking care of yourself. And I am definitely in that camp that happens to me more often than I'd like to admit. So this year, my word for 2019, we talked about early in earlier in the year, is intention. It's focus. And so everything I do has to be intentional. There needs to be a reason behind it. It needs to be part of something I'm trying to do. That is sort of helping me not do too many things. And it's helping me understand why I'm doing things. And so I have brought that to my self-care sort of habits and things I know I need to do. Um, now, there are some things that are, that are, fun and feel good and let me unwind that don't have really anything to do with my productivity directly. They just feel good. They let me have a moment where I'm just Kayla. I'm not lancer. I'm not boss lady. I'm not podcaster. I'm not blogger. I'm just this chick sitting on the couch doing something fun and it has no other purpose than that. And yet that ties directly into how productive I can be during the week when it's time to work. But there are some certain self-care things I do that tie in directly into my productivity. Now, I am an experiment of one. I try this stuff out on myself. I'm not saying that any of these things will be like a magic bullet for anybody else. Um, But if there are things that you've told yourself you'd really like to kind of get into a habit of doing or you'd like to try because you think maybe it could work for you, if Getting more stuff done with your day and feeling more productive is a thing you'd like to feel. Feel free to steal anything that I'm doing. To me, the moment I started doing it, it felt really obvious. It's advice we're given all the time, but very few people tie it in a way I needed to, tie it back to, hey, you can get more shit done if you'll just do these things. So if you're like me and you need somebody to say, look, if you'll do these things that you kind of don't really want to do and you'll get more stuff done, consider this that. So I have implemented over the past several months and even the past several weeks and as of the day of recording a couple things over the past couple days, quite frankly, um, that I can already tell a difference in how much I can get done, how focused I am, um, and what time of day I get to stop working. So I am in a unique position working for myself full time means I am in total control of my schedule. Um, there is no official start time or in time, like you might have at a day job that I don't set for myself. The problem with that is when I'm out of focus and I'm not productive and I'm busy, and those are two separate things completely, uh, my day on paper is supposed to end at, let's say 5.30, maybe 6 o'clock. And it doesn't really end until 10 o'clock at night. And then I'm exhausted. And then I can't keep up. And then I'm unfocused the next day. And it's just this sort of snowball. So these things are allowing me to say, you know what, I'm starting at 8.30 in the morning, and I'm ending at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. And it actually be true. Uh, it's also allowing me more downtime, which is just another form of self-care that I absolutely need. Um So it's letting me do lots of stuff. So let me get into the things I specifically do. Um, That doesn't mean this is the only way to do it. That doesn't mean that my way will work for you. But even if my methods aren't what you need, if you're looking for somebody to say, no, 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 this could potentially work for you and you need a way to reframe self-care, let's consider this it, okay? So one of the things I do, which sounds very boring, I know, Uh, very adult-like, is I just go to bed earlier. Now, going to bed earlier um, is not just, oh, I'm gonna go lay down on the bed now. I actually have a complete routine that I follow from... um, taking a shower, just a warm, quick shower, my soap that smells really good that I don't use in the morning. And it's like a special soap. And I have a special lotion I put on uh, when I'm done. And I get into my comfy bathrobe. And it's, because I've been doing it so long now, the past few months, it's a signal to my brain that the day has ended and I'm immediately sleepier and more relaxed when I get out of the shower. So that's part of it. Then I don't go to bed with my phone. (laughs) I had to stop doing that for lots and lots of reasons. But one of the things that has helped me do is actually lay down and go to sleep. I do not fall asleep easily, even after plugging my phone in across the room and not touching it after a certain point and not scrolling in bed. Like I don't do any of that stuff anymore. Um, And I still don't find it easier to fall asleep, but I do fall asleep earlier than I ever did before. Um, and I can tell the nights that, and the days really, when I get to bed late, when I don't follow my routine, when my night is all wonky, when I looked at my phone a little too late at night, like perfect world scenario, I will plug in my phone on the charger probably around 9, 9.15 at the latest. And then I won't look at it again, except for maybe one quick thing until the next morning. Like I do a daily email thing that has to be done at night. And there's a couple other things, but I don't just sit and scroll. I look real quick, I put it down, I walk away from it. I don't check news, I don't check Twitter, I don't do that stuff most of the time. But if I get out of that habit for a night or two, I can tell because then I go to sleep later, it's harder to wake up in the morning, my whole day gets thrown off because of that. So it's not just about, oh, let me go to bed at nine o'clock, which is not for me reasonable at this point. It's about the way I go to bed so that I'm taking care of myself. I'm having a very clear end to my day. I'm doing something that feels good and makes me happy. Not everybody wants to take a hot shower or put their fuzzy bathrobe on, but I have a system in place that is teaching my brain, hey, guess what? We're about to go to bed. You can start turning other things off and sort of shutting down. Um... Another thing that I do as part of my evening routine, uh, I journal, even if there's nothing like on my mind, I used to only journal when I was anxious, or um, it was hard to journal when I was depressed, because when I was depressed, it was lethargic and apathetic, and I didn't want to do anything, and who cared, and why did it matter, and uh, you know how that can go if you have um, any level of depression at all, if you've ever been through it, but um, anxiety. I've actually looked through my old journal. I can tell days when I was really anxious because my handwriting is really, really bad on those days. Um, But I decided to make it a habit that I do every day or most days, I should say, um, just to get whatever's in my head out, even if it's like an errant thought of, oh, I wonder why that happened today, or just to talk about my day in my journal in ways that I might not even talk to John Brownstone about it but it gets it out of my head. And if it's out of my head, then I not chewing on it when I'm trying to lay down and go to sleep. So it's a whole routine from take a warm shower, journal, read. If, if I'm not quite ready to go to bed when I'm done journaling, I'll read for a little bit. Um, go to bed earlier, fall asleep earlier than I used to. I kind of wish I was the type of person who could just put her head down on a pillow and fall asleep. I'm not that person. Just, I'm not wired that way. Um, The other thing um, I do is that I do good for me things and avoid social media first thing in the morning. So my phone is still my alarm clock. Uh, If you ever sort of go down the rabbit hole of the online world of how to get better sleep and how to sort of be less tied to our screens, you will hear all kinds of people who say, Don't let your phone be your alarm clock. Put your phone in another room, blah, blah, blah. Those are just things I was, it's like a step too far for me. Plug my phone in across the room. It's not next to the bed. It's still my alarm clock because it's the most annoying sound I can find. Um, And I'm the type of person that if I physically get out of the bed, most times I'm up. I stay that way. But what I have found is that I have a tendency sort of as a reward for myself for getting out of bed and not looking at my phone right before bed, I'll start scrolling through Twitter, through email, through the news, through all kinds of stuff. And something about that, I don't know if it's because I know for me, it's a trigger for my anxiety, or if it's because it's just a lot of noise before I've even had coffee. (laughs) It throws me off for the whole day. My focus is gone for the whole day. And that is just me. I'm not saying it's like that for everybody. So I have recently implemented a new routine that I'm loving for while it's working, um, where I I get up in the morning and I um, get myself a glass of water and I kind of do a couple things to wake up and then... I meditate for a few minutes, which is very new to me. I'm not good at it. Uh, It's not a regular habit yet. We will see what happens the first time it feels difficult to do. And I try to convince myself I don't have time for it. And I do about 20 minutes of yoga, really gentle yoga. I'm not, I'm not trying to do hot yoga. I'm not trying to get hot and sweaty. Um, I'm just trying to move my muscles and, you know, feel a little bit more flexible and sort of stretch. And, And it, it's a really gentle way for me to wake up. I actually found that the meditation is not so difficult right after I wake up because they tell you to close your eyes. And really, that's what I want to do. <laughs> I've just woken up. I'm not really awake yet. I don't actually have my first cup of coffee till I've been awake for a couple of hours. So I drink water first thing in the morning most times. And so I'm really not awake and I really just want to close my eyes. And there's this nice lady on the app on my phone telling me to close my eyes. And I think, yes, I can do this. And no, I won't think about anything other than you telling me what I'm supposed to be envisioning or noticing or whatever. Um, But having started that, and I can't attribute it to the meditation and the yoga as much as I can, I think, attribute it to the I'm not filling my brain with a lot of noise at six o'clock in the morning. But some combination of those things, I have been the most focused I've been in ages. Like it's it's like night and day. It's like flipping a switch. Um, I don't ever think anybody should do exactly what I do, but man, I' I'll, I'll uh, become um, uh, a cheerleader for that one because it I've been less stressed out. I find that if I can leave, social media and the news and YouTube and whatever else I'm messing with on my phone that is interesting stuff and stuff I want to know about and people I want to connect with, but it's a lot of freaking noise before you've even had coffee, quite frankly. When I can leave that alone first thing in the morning, right when I wake up, it's easier to leave it alone most of the day, except for times during the day that I actually schedule for, you know what, you're going to go scroll through Twitter because that that's a form of self-care in these five minutes because it makes you happy as long as you can keep it, you know, for me, I have to be able to keep it to this set amount of time. When I do too much, then I spiral in anxiety and all that stuff. So having a whole new morning routine helps me wake up better, helps me focus during the day, feels good. Doing gentle yoga makes me very, very happy. It is something I've been wanting to get back into for months and months and months. But when I looked at my schedule in the sense of, well, where can I fit this in through the rest of my day? It just stressed me out. It didn't feel good. It felt like I was having to shove something else to the side when that that wasn't benefiting me in some way. And so re-looking at my schedule in a new way, redoing my morning routine, I'm doing something I want to be doing. I'm doing something that feels good. I'm doing something that I know is good for me long term, especially meditation. And ta-da, I'm also more productive during my day and I'm getting more stuff done and I'm not working as late. It is a win-win on all sides. So the next one I do that definitely, I think we can all say comes under the technical definition of self-care, but sometimes it doesn't feel like self-care. Self-care is that I am very mindful of what I eat. Now, I had so many stomach problems for so long, uh, sensitivities, and I had an ulcer, and I had all kinds of stuff, that I finally had to get sort of, I had to get away from all the expert advice on how I should be eating. You know, you should eat this many whole grains, and you should eat this much this. And I was like, yeah, but that's the stuff that's making me miserable. That's the stuff that hurts. So I did what is considered a trendy diet, which that kind of bothers me because I don't do trends. I do the ketogenic diet. And quite frankly, it is as if my body has been screaming for me to do this my whole life. I have uh, probably never felt so good after a meal, before a meal, between meals. It's the right way for me to eat. I'm not telling anybody that they should all go keto. That's not the point of this. But finding the types of foods that benefit me the most and eating in a way that prevents pain, prevents stomach aches, prevents all the problems I was having before has been good for me. It's easier to sleep. It's easier to have energy during the day. It's easier to focus on work. Um, I don't try to be perfect all the time. Quite frankly, my own body makes it easy for me. There are things that I could just look at them from across the room and my stomach's going to hurt. Like I'm just that sensitive to it. It's not an allergy. It's not a disease. It's just a weird sensitivity. So it's easy for me to stick to, um, even though I had to sort of change my whole way of thinking about food in order to make it work. Um, It typically eating healthy comes under one of those. This is a thing I know I'm supposed to do, but God, I don't want to because this other food over there is much better tasting. And I'd rather do that. Um, That's why I think it's important not to necessarily follow a trend diet or to do what everybody else is doing, but to find what works for you and become an experiment of one, Uh, even if that means that you go against all a doctor recommendations. My general practitioner is like, oh, you're only allowed to do this until you lose the weight that, you know, I think you need to lose. Isn't he lovely? Uh, And then you'll go off this. And I went, yeah, no, that's not happening. Um, But I mostly just smiled and nodded because it wasn't worth the conversation. I know that I'm learning more about myself. And if the ketogenic diet no longer serves me, then yes, I will change. Not being in pain is enough of a reason to find a new way of eating if that's what I need to do. But I also think that some of us, especially if you're the type who's listening to something called the Lancer podcast, you tend to be kind of perfectionist. You want to do everything quote right. Many of us have some form of even low level anxiety, right? We want to do it right. Um, I go for right most of the time. Um, like I said, for me, it's very easy. I have such immediate reactions to things I shouldn't eat. It's really kind of easy to say no, but there are some things that don't cause a reaction in my body, but they don't help me lose weight either. And I sure should eat that stuff because it tastes good and I need that. And that makes me happy. Um, so it's about finding the balance. But when I eat healthfully in a way that's right for my body, there's no specific diet out there for that. It's just the way that's right for me then I'm not focusing on how I feel. I'm not focusing on that bloated feeling. I'm not focusing on how much my stomach hurts. I'm, I have so much more mental energy to focus on everything else I'm trying to do. So just saying, if you needed a reason to maybe eat a little bit better than you have been, uh, that is how I look at it. Um, and then the last one, when you have a good relationship with a doctor or a therapist, this feels more like self-care when you do not, or you have a doctor who won't listen to you um, or um, is giving you all these options that you've just, you've been through and you're just, we've all had those moments. Where we've had a doctor who's like, could you please just listen to me? Going to the doctor then does not feel like self-care. Going to the doctor when you're in a medical emergency and you might not survive if you don't go, that's not self-care in the way we think of self-care. That is self-preservation but not ignoring aches and pains that don't go away, not ignoring our mental health or mental illness to be more specific, not ignoring those things and actually trying to, when we have a decent doctor, be proactive about those things is absolutely one of those things that I'm going to do because I have learned. And if you start working for yourself, you will understand how true this is. If, uh, Kayla don't work, Kayla don't get paid, okay? I don't get sick days. Nobody is paying me to take a sick day. If I am sick, if I am unwell, mentally, physically, does not matter, and I have to take a day off of work, and sometimes I have to tell a client, look, normally this you would have this today, I have to send it to you tomorrow, I'm sick, I've been working double time to make up for it later. So paying attention to my health is absolutely tied to how much work can I get done, how much can I earn? How productive can I be? How happy can I keep clients so they wanna keep working with me? It's all tied together. Now, of course, of course, we don't all have the same level of access to healthcare that we should. Oh, that's a long rant. We're not gonna go on here. Um, and sometimes we, the doctors we can use, we really don't like, and it does make it more challenging. But when you can, as often as possible, Use the resources you have to take care of your health. That is absolutely a form of self-care that is absolutely tied to your productivity. How much shit do you want to get done? Well, how healthy are you? How healthy can you be? Some of us are never going to be, you know, 100% healthy on some level. We have a chronic condition we have to live with and deal with. But if there's a way that if you have something at your disposal, medication therapy something that makes it so you can modify and adjust and keep moving forward then it's not a burden it's a burden but it's also not a burden right like i'm not going to speak for anybody who has to live with chronic conditions that that's that is not my place to do but the burden that is imposed on you for being worse I can't, I mean, I can't imagine that that's the burden you want to live with, right? So whether it's a chronic condition, it's a one-off, you're like, oh, I have felt bad for two weeks. I am notorious for getting absolute awful infections, sinus infections, uh, near strep throat one time, whatever, and plowing through. And then what happens is by the time I get to that breaking point where the illness is as bad as it's going to get, I collapse. And now I've lost several days and I'm worse off and it takes longer to recover. So in as much control as you have over the quality of your healthcare and the access you have to healthcare. Skipping the doctor, skipping therapy, skipping medications all becomes even more problematic if you're trying to get stuff done. If you're trying to achieve dreams and goals and get make money. I mean, I would bet I would bet lots and lots of money I don't actually have that you ask anybody who works for themselves how important their health becomes. You don't really notice it until you start losing some element of your health and it goes down. Like my younger days, I could plow through a really bad sinus infection and keep working, even though at that time I had sick days and I had health insurance and it was easier to go to the doctor and I could, I could, I had that stamina. At my age, at this point in life, I don't. When I get sick, when something hurts, it'll knock me flat. And sometimes you don't have a choice. Something, you're going to get sick. It's going to happen. You're gonna not going to be able to do the work you want to do for a couple of days because you have to recover. But if you ignore that and tell yourself that you can't take that time to take care of yourself, then you're only going to prolong it. You're only going to make it worse. And you're going to lose money, lose time, lose energy, and everything goes down from there until you finally recover. And you've just added extra time on for that because you're not taking care of your health. And so everything is bigger and worse than it has to be. That's all I'm saying about that. So yes, it's the boring stuff of eating right and getting to bed on time and a little less screen time in our life or whatever. Triggers our our the noise in our head, right? Um, and going to the doctor and taking medication. It is the boring, boring stuff of self-care that's not quite as pleasant as well, uh, I just had really good sex with with my partner and man, that was the self-care I needed. That is also important, self-care. Um, but the really boring elements of self-care. Um, the things that make me sound like my mother, quite frankly, <laughs> thank God, thank goodness, I uh, highly respect my mother. that that's helpful. Um, those have done more for my ability to do lots of things with the same amount of time everybody else has got, and to increase my income and to do more with less and all of that than anything else. I mean, it is, this is the moment I am 39 at the time of this recording. And it's like, this is the moment I finally started adulting the correct way. (laughs) Like, oh, look, I'm doing all the things my mother has been telling me to do since I was a child at age 39. And oh, that's right. She was right. Damn it. I will say, I don't think we all have to do things the same way. I think we absolutely have to find what works for us and we have to find the method of shifting our habits in the way that works for us. We are not all wired the same. I sometimes through sheer willpower can make a change in my life. And you know what? Sometimes I have to bribe myself. And sometimes I have to ask my lovely dominant partner, John Brownstone to take charge and be the big D because that's how I'll do it. Like there's all these methods we have to use and we have to find what works for us. And none of them are right or wrong as long as they get us to the place we wanna be. So um, I'm gonna try and talk about this um, in the future And probably most especially when I speak at Eroticon uh, in March, I've been reading a book by Gretchen Rubin called Better Than Before. Better Than Before. It's across the room where I would go like grab it and tell you. Um, And it's about how we shift our habits and how we change habits and all the different ways there are. And based on sort of your personality makeup and how you're kind of wired. Um, And there is no single right way that works for everybody. So When it comes to self-care, when it comes to how you decide you want to and can change behavior, all of that, we have to find what works for us. We do not have to apologize for it. We do not have to explain ourselves. We do not have to justify it. Okay. If it works for us, it hurts no one, and it brings about positive changes in our life that we want, then it is valid. And it is as simple as that. So that's it for me this week. Thanks for listening to The Smut Lancer Podcast with me, Kayla Lords. If you like what you just heard, please leave a review on your favorite podcast app and check out the blog, past episodes, and other great info at thesmutlancer.com. You can follow The Smutlancer on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I'm at thesmutlancer in all three places. Feel free to reach out there or by email at kayla at thesmutlancer.com with questions or topic suggestions. Thanks for listening. Let's do this again next week.